Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Hide. And we're coming at you. I don't even know what the heck. What a crazy week. It's only Tuesday and it's like, e blah, uh, the shooting in Boulder, which is crazy. That narrative changed in like two seconds, huh? Like one minute it was like, oh no, scary white man. And the next minute it's like, oh shoot, he has the wrong name. And then everybody's all, shh, don't say nothing. Oh, run away. So anyway, that's that's kind of going on here in Colorado. And I was just at Mile High filming a bunch of Spurs stuff. Um, a lot of people messing Spurs up lately. And and one of the things we found out at some of those torque wrenches that um that click click you know click off and everything that you're adding to it. It's like you know I'll talk about that in a minute. But um we'll get into the Spurs stuff. Because uh, I'm doing a bunch of videos and things like that. I went out over the weekend. Uh, a lot of shooting over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Got between the snows. We had the crazy big snows here. Um, and it, it was one of those deals where it's like, hey, Saturday was money. Perfect. So I had to go out there and do that. And then Sunday, uh, was weather came in kind of quick. But I met... Chris Way out there, and I got some stuff to talk to you about what Chris and I were going over. Again, really great stuff. We had 18 to 27 mile an hour winds on Sunday, and so I was doing some wind doping um, with Chris because Chris is working on uh, some wind wind methodology, and it was funny uh, just to kind of get started before I get too crazy. I go and um. So we're talking the winds, and we're getting set up, and we're doing all these different things, and it's blowing. I mean, it's like I said, it's 18 to 27. And he's like, yeah, this wind, I get it, but I don't. The wind strategy, what you guys are talking about, yeah, no, wait a minute. And I said, well, wait, what do we got going on? I knew it was 18-mile-an-hour winds, but then it was gusting to 20 to 27. So I didn't even pull a Kestrel out. And talking to Chris, he's like, yeah, it's 20 miles an hour. I said, well, dude, let's talk about that a second. You got a six-mile-an-hour gun. That's your third bracket, 18, 6, times 3, right? Math, hello? So your third bracket. So you're going to go 0.6 times 3, 1.8. But then you're going to turn around and say it's 20 miles an hour and not 18. Add 0.2, make that a 2-mil hold to center. So I tell that to Chris, and I said, get on your gun. All right. Two mil hole to center, 600 yards, go. What do you think he does? Tell me. Yes. Tell me. Post it. Podbean app. What do you think he does? What happens when I said two mils to center? We got an 18 to 27 mile an hour win. He's shooting a six millimeter. I didn't even touch a Kestrel. Told him two mils. Go. Center punched it. That's the math, man. That's what we were kind of doing. And and Chris is putting a video out because positional, 18 to 27 mile an hour winds. What happens when the winds are that strong? Blows you around, right? You're moving. So we set, they were already preset. We painted up and we cleaned up multiple targets at 600. And I said, all right, Chris, do your thing. And he shot a group. And it strung in the wind about nine inches. He's blowing. The rifle, the wind, the whole thing. Wobble zone. Managing your wobble zone. So we got crazy wind. 
And we all know that pushes us around. What do you do? I had an answer. And Chris did a video, and he's going to post it. And you're going to be able to see it. Strung at nine inches. Suggestion. Chris, angle your body into the wind. How far? Give me one mil. Give me one mil angle into the wind and readjust and set your natural point of aim to that spot. He does it. That gives him a three-inch group at 600 yards in an 18 to 27-mile-an-hour wind. He grouped. Not strung. He grouped. Junk, junk. He grouped. That's what we're talking about. This, I'm going to make this one, ah. This is fast, man. This has got to, oh, power. Oh, our power went. I got backups. Hold on, I got to go. That was weird. Power went. Sorry about that. Lost my train of thought now that the power went off. So anyway, I had to go. I, I lost a leg or something on a. One side, weird, 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 weird. Anyway, let this all reset. So, wind strategy, right? In natural point of aim, what I'm finding out, what I'm seeing with what everybody's doing is MPA is the big thing. Now, so Chris was doing a series of drills, and, and, and it comes down to natural point of aim. I'm, I'm finding that is a much bigger factor because you're off your belly, right? Fundamentals, natural point of aim is big when you're positional, more so than prone, right? Well, he moved across in each place. He had a group, like, so one of the groups, he had a group of three, a group of three, and a group of three across the target. Each group was a different position. But they were all horizontal, like right in a row. They were just kind of broken up in where they were. It's a natural point of aim. Because he's grouping identical. They're just not in the same spot. And so that wind strategy with natural point of aim, the um the the positional strategy, it's it's pointing the rifle to the target and getting the body to the rifle. Right. And it's there's a lot of factors like I know Chris moved his level to the right side because I I've been I can't put my finger on it. But I've been noticing people have this lean. And trends are going left. So kind of Chris to center. I mean, if you look, Chris changes hand grip up. He's doing that middle finger trigger press. He's he's changing a lot to index, and he's being successful at it. His, his shooting is good. Um, you know, it's one of those things where you look at it and go, dude, you're pulling the trigger with your middle finger, but you're doing it right, so why would we complain? You know what I'm saying? So we're, we're looking at all these things, and, and I really recommend you go look at um, Chris's craft strategy stuff. His, his app is getting even more robust. His app is going to give you, his app's going to like have target analysis built into it. 
and give you potential solutions to a problem. What do we see? We see this. What are the culprits of this? Well, it could be this. It could be that. It could be the other thing. And it's going to tell you, take a look at these things and help you diagnose. But, I mean, it's doing so much more. He, he's really, I mean, he really opens eyes when you're alongside. And I, I, I enjoy kind of hanging out and talking with him. And, and, and that's another thing. I wish he was here. We were actually going to meet today, and I didn't hear from him. I was at Mile High Film and that Spurs stuff, like I said, all morning. And um, then it, it just, uh, he, he, I thought he'd be there for lunch. But anyway, so this MPA is what kind of is, it's, it's the props, man. It's the props are guiding us. And I was looking at this because we, we were talking about, we spent a probably like if we broke our day up into quarters, you know, we did a day of, of, of kind of, you know, the wind strategy and different stuff. We did a day of positional and then we did it, you know, a little bit of combined positional with win strategy and working the two. So we did like win, position, win and position together. But then the fourth thing we did was more of that, that discussion. What would we want to see in stages? What do we want to see in competitions? How, what skills are we looking to test? That was a big element. What skills are we looking to test? Well, one of the things that him and I were talking about is decision making, right? I'm I'm looking at this. I you got modern day sniper guys, Phil and Kalen, and they got practical marksmen. I think practical marksmen is awesome. I'm kind of looking at this though as more fighting riflemen. And I know that kind of sounds a little strange. Like I had somebody say to me recently, a company. I wish Jacob didn't call what he wants to do Assassin's Way. They want a PC name of doing it a little bit better of what we're doing now. You know what I'm saying? So I'm thinking like the fighting rifleman. Kind of fighting Irish, fighting rifleman. We can we can play with that market-wise a little bit. But anyway, so decisions in a fight. Shoot, no shoot. Ethical, not. Hunting, law enforcement, military, home protection, whatever whatever the case is, we have to make decisions. And decision making should be something we test. So Chris and I were going over ways in which we can test that. And one of the things I came up with was a stage design where... I'm going to use target tree and I'm going to tell you right now when I'm going to do my target tree, it's not going to be a neon sign right in front of you. Partially obscured, partially hidden, not at an angle, obliques, different things. Using angles and obstacles in and around the target to determine position and should you shoot. So one of the scenarios I came up with, and you guys can visualize this in your heads. Okay, so you're going you're gonna to move, and movement's going to be key with everything I'm doing. You're going to move to position A. And you know there might be six targets out there. 
where you shoot them from should be determined by the look of the target. So what I'm thinking is I can put three targets over here in front of A, but one of them, you're really not going to want to shoot it. You can see it. It's there. You can risk it. But you may not want to shoot it from A. But if you move across laterally to the next part of the stage, which is B, B then gives you a better view. So you got to determine, am I shooting that from A or I'm shooting it at B? As well, we've been talking about timing. One of the things, and I know, I see it on their faces, okay? God, I got how many years of match directing and ROing and all these things. Think about this. You go to a match. All these matches now have 90-second par times. You're a new shooter. You don't have the first clue how to manage these stages other than what you're seeing the guy in front of you do. What do I do? 90 seconds, go. And here you are. You're going. You hit that and you go. You get maybe one or two shots off and the time's up. Some people don't get any off and the time's up. So what Chris and I were talking about in an idea that I came up with is have a five-minute time for stages. So each stage, because we're remember, my stages are going to be scenario. So you're going to do five minutes per stage. But a, a part time for that stage might be three minutes. So what we were thinking of is if you can finish the stage within your three minutes, that's your points. But every minute after three is a minus. You know what I mean? It's there, but you're not going to get full points. It's, it's going to give you a, a time penalty. So that can separate better shooters and give people an idea of what they can work up to, but still give them a window to work. Still give them a window to learn. Yeah, you got a time penalty, but you were able to figure out what you needed to do for this event to get shots off. You didn't waste your time. You know what I'm saying? By, by fumbling, whatever. So there's, there's using the targets to determine decisions. There's using time to give people opportunities that they might not have had in 90 seconds. And then these views and movements. Maybe it's a case of you're going to shoot from here and you can go after targets. Or we were all also talking about giving you the ability to get closer or change your view see what we're saying so we're not just saying stand in this box and shoot that target that's facing you 300 yards in front of you 600 yards in front of you 800 yards in front of you this is movement to contact identify range engage move shoot move communicate right you're gonna have to know these things it's, it's going to be 
I mean, that's the discussions we're having right now. That's where we're looking at with these things. So this is the mindset. We are out all weekend and stuff doing it. Um, you know, we're, we're working. We're learning. We're discussing. The next step is to be writing this stuff down and to go into that and to, and to take it from, from uh, you know, framing to field. And, 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 yeah, we're framing what we're doing. Now let's take it to the field and put it into practice. And, and, and Chris and I, you know, we're, we're working that this weekend. I mean, we worked up until the snow squalls were coming. We, when I was driving home from the range, I was driving through the snows that were approaching the range because we, we were working right up to the minute. So that, that's, that's, that's an important thing to understand that this is not something we're, we're, we're jaw jacking on. And we're not doing it. We're out there doing it. There's people talking about this. There's people looking at these different factors. How do we mix this up? How are we solving problems? What skills are we looking to 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 manage here? You know what I mean? It, it's bringing the shooter into play, decision makers. It's all these different things that have to be, um, you know, that have to be taken into account, have to be considered. So... Something for you guys to, to think about, to look at. All right, I want to talk um, real quick with the Spurs stuff. Uh, recently, a guy had bedded a bunch of Spurs, man, and ruined them. Because there's a lot of, like, it's it's this game of telephone. And um, everybody's trying to solve this problem because why now? Why are we seeing more? Like, one, one example of binding parallax. There's a... There's a, a, a Red on Sniper's Hide, Spurs are binding Parallax. And it's like, oh boy, here we go. Well, it turns out it was a scope issue and the scope had to be replaced. So, you know, it's people already jumping on bandwagons when the situation's not right. We got multiple people from me, Adam, Randy, Diane, a couple others that I won't mention looking at the situation. And and I did a, a set of videos with, with Adam uh, today about mounting the spurs up and again the best practice. And one of the things we notice people are doing is like every time out they're checking torques on their screws. And with the aluminum and steel screws and how we're doing it, it's not a good practice to keep going and going and going. Especially, you know, we talk 15 inch pounds, we tend to go 18 and the next thing you know some guys doing 25. So we're running into these situations where let's go to that 15 to 18 and not over. Let's torque it the first time and either paint, pen it, um, nail polish it, or something to mark it to say, here's my witness mark to see if they're loosening up. Um, the, the bedding, spur, no. What? Because it's 15 inch pounds, this is aluminum. It's much lighter, 45 and 15, not 65s and 55s and these crazy numbers. And the, the aluminum, people are thinking there's a stretch factor going on and, and that we hit them and hit them and hit them and, and it's then changing some stuff. Between the, the tangent thetas and the zero compromise, they can be a little finicky in that front mount. You know, they're they're meant for no more than 18 inch pounds. You go over 18 with one of those guys and you're going to run into a problem because there's there's moving parts in front of the erector where there's a lens that moves. 
you can pinch that movement. It's it's tight tolerance is in there. And so um, with Adam and I, we did a video, and, and you really want to look at how you're doing that. I think we're getting sloppy, to be honest with you. Everything I'm seeing is pointing to operator error. And maybe it's something we're not understanding the torque wrenches we're using today. Maybe it's because we're hitting it so often. Maybe it's this steel aluminum. Believe me, there's multiple schools of thought on this, and, and I don't think any one answer is right. But at the same time, you got a quality. I mean, I only pretty much use spurs. I, I mean, I got Night Force and Really Right Stuffs. I like Really Right Stuffs mount, um, uh, to be frank with you, for the, the these bigger scope tubes and stuff because they make the 36s and the other. But, um, I mean, we're running spurs forever. We didn't have problems with them. You get random people who crack the old plate, you know, the clamping plate on the side. And, and again, that was – and then – What's Hawken do for a solution? He thickens up parts of it, and then he adds numbers to it, right? So there's Gen 1s, Gen 2s. What people don't realize, I don't think, maybe you do, is that these have evolved over the years. There's a fifth screw now for guys that want to hang them over the front. And I was like, I was on a conference call with Hawken and, oh, and, and surprised. Like, you put a fifth screw so people can hang the mount over. Wow, okay. Um, interesting because they're pushing everything forward. You know what I mean? When they lay on their guns the way they do now. So now we're starting to see problem with a spur, problem with a spur, problem with a spur. We're like, I looked up, um, Hawkins stuff the other day because he was asking a question. Been doing this running around since 2007, 2008. We got quite a few years under our belt with these products. And like I said, they have been modified, upgraded adjusted over the years if you look at the various generations of them. So is it possible somebody breaks an old one? Absolutely. Is it possible somebody does something a little bit different and, and misunderstand? Yes, um, all the time. And then the biggest thing we see, it's a T20, not a T15. Because what happens is as soon as somebody goes in on those side screws with a T15 and they get that first little rip, that first little rip, it's done. Your side screws are stripped, dude. So if you go in with a T15 by accident and rip it, it, it it's it's not going to work right. You better just call get replacement screws um, because that's what's going to be necessary. So there's all these little things, and I really do think we don't have to get anal retentive, but at the same time, you know, there's best practices. Something as simple as making sure the ring caps are centered and not pinched to one side or the other. What happens when we pinch one side and then the other side's open, so that's what rotates the scope a little bit in your rings when you're tightening it up. And then you get that micro cant in there, which is just enough to be annoying that you don't see it, but it turns your body. And because height over bore, you're level on level, your shit's going to be off. Um, so you have to be very careful that you're not pulling it over and that those ring caps are done. Uh, again, Adam did a great video today. I'm going to edit it up and, and put that together so you guys can see it. Take a little bit of time. You don't need to go. Honestly, I think more people are focusing on the levels than they are the screws. And you got guys buying mounting kits that all put levels all over the place. And yet nobody's paying attention to how they're mounting these screws. 
and they're going harder than the aluminum wants them to. It's light. If you take an Allen wrench and with the tall side up, like the short side in your finger, between your index and your thumb, that Allen wrench on the short side, as much pressure as you can put on it, is all you need on the short, not the long. So that's as much pressure. It doesn't take a lot. Um, and then the old rosins in between was a very light pine rosin, not bedding compound, not anything big fat and going to crush tubes. It was really just sort of a sticky rosin that fit between the lines, and it was just sort of there. I mean, not even as much as as thick as that line is. That line is nothing. So think about that when you guys are doing that. So um, last thing I'm going to get into, this is going to be a shorter one. Uh, again, I want to talk to people. I don't want to talk to myself. Um, you know, it's spooky, spooky out there. But anyway, I got to get this. I got other things to do. I got to fix these pewters and phones and craps and stuff. But anyway, because <laughs> if I have fucking Colorado, my, my driver's license, my birthday last week, my driver's license expired. I didn't even know it. I was cruising around, expired driver's license. I saw it today. I was like, oh, shit. So I had to go online and DMV. It's all friggin' messed up. Then get no no nothing to say, hey, man, go renew your driver's license. It's like, really? You didn't even send me a note that says your driver's license? Yeah, I'm paying attention. I'm reading it every day. My God, give me a break. So I got to deal with that stuff. Um, and, and anyway, uh, last thing. So I was uh, I worked on the writing, writing scopes, writing optics. X7 Conqueror 3 to 24. By 56. They upgraded their scopes and they went to stainless steel internals. Excellent internals, man. 100%. Super click. Super nice. Solid optic. Um, X7 Conquest. Conqueror? Conquest? Conqueror, I think. X7. I know that part's right. But uh, right in optics. Yes, I, I ran through. I did a tall target test. Mounted it all up. In the video, I did a very similar thing. I'm kind of going into that mode of best practice again. Uh, I kind of feel we need a little bit of refresher on best practices. So in the video, when I get it finished and edited up, you're going to see a bunch of best practices. It's a little boring. It's a little bit in there. But the, the, again, the scope tracked well. The, the thing I don't like, oh, here's a question to ask you guys. And this this kind of came up. Um, I, I got a bitch. I got a couple, but anyway. So, um, I don't even know. Reticle. Reticle. That's where I was going to go. Dislike the reticle. The one I, I have. I don't know. I know they have more than one, but the one I was using in the scope that they sent, I don't like. And I so I say, I tell them, I'm like, listen, dude. And it's kind of like that Arcan, right? Arcan optic. Good scope. Not so good reticle. Reticles, 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 guys. And it's not that easy to have a... Re I mean, and, and not for nothing, but don't design a reticle so it looks a certain way. Diets design a reticle how we shoot. I kind of said that to them because they were showing me some pictures of a reticle they were looking at. Oh, we're doing reticles because I said, ah, dudes, I don't like your reticles. Oh, we're doing them. Oh, let me see what you're doing. And they put... The best, the kindest way to put it is some artistic flourishes in the reticle. 
And I said, dude, what is this for and this for? When would you ever use that as an aiming point? Ever. How about this, this, and this? And, and, and they said, you know, oh, so you're saying build a radical and how we would shoot. Yeah. Simpler's a little bit better in these cases. Give your trees a little space. Think about this, guys, when you're building trees and radicals and Christmas trees and stuff. Let's talk common sense here for a minute. I'm going to give a couple common sense things because something else came up that really had zero fucking common sense that I want to laugh about. So anyway, um, yeah, it's like, how are we going to shoot? So think about this. You got Christmas trees that slam all the way to the bottom, and then they got these windage because you're going to need windage. One mil. One mil below center. How far is that you're going to shoot? 300? How much wind are we holding at 300? Why do we have the tree that big up there? Why not skip that? Give yourself... Eyes like a defined aiming point. Eyes like a focused intersection. They don't, believe it or not, our eye doesn't like a grid. If you put a grid in front of your eye, your eye is going to look for whatever stands out and then focus to that point. So it's going to look for things that give your brain a reference to recognize. So when you have a grid and everything, so it's kind of like a city street, right? You're looking at a map view of a city street and your mind is going for a landmark that you recognize. What happens when the landmark is not where you want to hold is your brain wants to go back to this landmark. And we always, we've always seen it. I can't deny it. Someone always holds the wrong line. Under time, speed, drama, distraction, whatever you want to call it, you're not thinking. Why we talk about doing these things muscle memory, why we do repetitions, why we dry fire, we're trying to eliminate the need to think. So set a reticle up that gives your brain space to think. Instill the information that it needs to get the shot without adding too much. So when Chris came and he broke out his Kestrel, he had just updated it to the speed drop thing. So I'm like, speed drop. Oh, what's that? Cool. Turns it on. He does all his little blah, 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 blah. And then it says, and he's got a scope there. I got mine. I got the writing on. And he says, speed drop from 300 to 800 yards. Do this. And it asked him to dial down 1.9 mils. Good luck with that, dumb fucks. We have zero stops now. Some of them you can't set. So we got a company. Think about this for a minute, guys. We got a company out there that insisted because of their holdover reticle that all scopes have zero stops and locks. Zero stops, not a bad practice for multi-revs. We shoot farther and all that. I get it. But they wanted zero stops and locks. Don't touch your turret. Now they're telling you to dial down two mils. So you can shoot 300 
to 800 using the yard line. So hold three, hold four, hold five, hold six, hold seven, hold eight. And basically, they're just shifting your reticle down and blah, blah, blah. Here's the solution, guys. Throw that fucking shit out the window. It's the dumbest thing on the planet, and the people that fucking came up with it are stupid. Okay? Dial one mil on your gun, 300-yard dope. Dial one mil and hold for a 6.5 Creed or something zippy, 0 0.8, 0 0.8, 0 0.8, 0 0.8, 0 0.8 every 100 yards. If you got a 308 or something slow, one mil, one mil, one mil, one mil. It'll work. Within the two-tenths error fudge factor, they're actually four-tenths fudge. So this whole 200, 300 to 800 yard, plus or minus four-tenths, speed drop and dial your fucking scope in a place you in way you can't dial it. So if you didn't prior proper plan and set up, really this only, 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 only works, which go figure, if you have a night force, which is fine. I got a night force right here. Love it. Good scope. Night force, you could set that far down. Most of our other scopes have preset zero stops. My Schmitz, my Collis, right? 0 0.4, 0 0.5 down. Boom. Below zero. But now they want you to go mils below. You can't. Unless you want to fuck up your entire dope strategy when you can just go 0 0.8, 0 0.8, 0 0.8, 0 0.8. Add 0 0.8. Trust me, dude. Do me a favor. Somebody go out there and get a 66% IPSC, put it from 300 to 800 yards, one each 100-yard line, and just dial 0.8 after go. If you look at it, you guys can, listening to this, write this down, write one mil. Okay, that's 300. Add 0.8, 1.8, plus or minus 0.2. That's your 400-yard fucking dope. Add 0.8 again, 2.6. That's your 500-yard fucking dope. Right? Add point eight again. Three, two. Holy shit, it's following. If you're a 308, add a mil, add a mil, add a mil to 800. It'll all work. You'll get it. Just point eight for a fast gun, one mil for a slow gun. That's your speed drop. Don't have to think. Don't have to do math. Put one mil on your gun. Do you want to know what to dial on your gun? Dial one mil up, 300 yards. And then go from there because after that, it's... Add a mil, add a mil, add a mil, add a mil. 400's good too, but do 300's better. So yeah, the speed drops, man, they're, it's not a good practice. It's not a good plan. I get it, it'll work. It's math. Math has to work. But you're asking me to work in a way I don't operate today, ever. We've never dialed down, ever. We have 100 yards zero because we don't dial down. We have zero stops because we don't dial down. Uh, so let's just do the most ass backwards thing we can do because somebody who fucking said we should do it said it who's a fucking idiot. Anyway, that's my take on that shit. It's like, yeah, math works, man. It's two plus two is four. One plus three is four. Five minus one is four. Zero plus four is four. We all know how to get to four. Okay, you're doing four backwards. That was my that was my angry elf <laughs> so yeah so that was that was kind of what i'm at point eight point eight point eight point eight between three and eight hundred yards it's a done deal it, it, it'll work trust me you know and and just hold high chest right target ipsic whatever it is hold at the bolt put it right at the bolt hold your thing your money trust me 
Don't need. You don't need a, You don't need the Kestrel to tell you how to do it. Just dial one mil on the gun and then hold .8 from there. In fact, if you're moving, move with 300 yard dope on the gun. It's easy. Lower your mag, move with the thing. And if you got a surprise, boom, 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 boom. Put 300 on the gun and move on. There you go. So that's what I've been up to. All kinds of neat stuff. Um, classes. Uh, got the Brian Whalen class. A bunch of people signed up for that. We'll be going down. I'm going to be talking about a bunch of this stuff with the Brian Whalen class. All that positional. All that field. All those wins. All those different angles and things that we're doing out in New Mexico, dude. This is a great Blue Steel Ranch. Brian Whalen class is coming up. Chris Roberts class, right? CR2s. Chris and Chris. Those guys have student ammo. You want to take a class, but you're sitting there going, we got no ammo anywhere. CR2 crew has ammo available. Boom. So see the CR2 guys? Head over to Sniper's High. Dude is checking out. <laughs> I get an email Friday. Or there's email conversation going on around me, and I'm queued in. So they're doing the app for my site. We're getting the site calendars up. If you want to put stuff on my calendar, they got a calendar on the hide now. You could do that. Um, anyway, doing the app. So the crew who's doing the app contacts the server guy and says, hey, we need a tweak on an authorization, blah, blah, blah. And the server guys are like, nah, we don't really want to do that. That's not really good practice. We're not doing it. No, you got to do this. We really should do it. No, we're not going to do it. No, you really should. We need somebody to do it because we're not going to do it. Well, we're not going to do it because we're the guys that don't do this, and we don't think it's a good idea to do that. Well, we need it done in order for the app to fucking work. And I'm like sitting there in this email chain, and 10 emails come by with these fucking guys doing that shit. Finally, I come in, and I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Somebody do it. I'll do it. I don't even know which button to push. Is it the red one? And if you need 50 cents, call me. Just somebody do it. 10 emails later, so they're doing it. Um, the app's coming. We're going to have live streaming in the app. We're going to have that community system. I got to clean up a splash screen. Um, yeah, no problem at all. So there you go. We got that app. We got the live streaming. I'm building the splash pages now. I got to go clean one up. All kinds of neat stuff. Guys, be safe out there. 19 backs to blue. 19's on it, man. 19 is talking. Got to listen. A lot of things being said. So I was kind of, I was kind of, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to get into it. But anyway, oh, P.S. I did get, I, I understand there was a issue. People were blowing my phone up uh, last week at a competition. Go figure. They fucked up another one. Um, anyway, I, I got it. I'm not going to bring it up. I got the emails and the whole things and the letters and then the drama that after, uh, you'll see there's going to be people. It's all going to change. You watch. I'm not going to get into it. Let them do their thing. They're, <laughs> they're their own worst enemy. Why should I get in the way when they're making mistakes? So if you, if you want to carry water for that crew, that's on you, man. You know, it's one of those, I don't know what the, what the saying would be. It's like a fool in his money is soon parted. But if, if you're back in that play, I'll just consider you slightly foolish. I get it. Matches are fun. So, you know, you go do it. And if you're just there to do it but not. But if you're one of those water carriers, uh, guys, it's one of those tweets that won't age well if you're carrying the water. 
put it that way. The tweet won't age well. So there we are. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for being part of this. I did a new system. I got my, I, yesterday all day I've been redoing my office. I got a new computer. I've been setting everything up. I moved it around. I don't know how this is going to sound because I completely changed computers. I completely moved everything. And there was a little bit of uh, roughness in the sound of this. I'm not sure what was processing weird, but um, we'll see what it sounds like now. I'm hoping this sets the settings up and, and cleans it up a little bit. But if it sounds funky, let me know. Go in the app. Tell me what you think of the sound. Again, everything's new, set up. New computers, new this, new that, new rigs. We'll see. Knocked my power off. Probably broke my damn computer when the power shut off because that tripped on that side anyway. But anyway, I'm out of here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for being part of the Everyday Sniper. Head over to the Hyde, man. You'll have a good time. Cruising.